this is going to be fun. We're, we're talking collecting this week. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Pop and Play. We just keep them coming this this season. <laughs> you thought, uh, you thought what, what was it, six six episodes was enough? No. No. We no. Got, there's got, so much more. We got more. So this week we're talking collecting. And I'm excited for us to, to have this conversation. This is a, a topic. This is a, 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 a guest, a theme that we have been kind of like coming back to throughout the uh, the three seasons that we've done here on Pop and Play. Because collecting is such a core part of of growing up. It's a core part of playing when you're a kid. And let's be honest, it's also a core part of playing when you're an adult as well, mm. right? So it's important that we have a conversation about collecting. Truly. Um, I was thinking, I think when we talk about play, I think sometimes we like to talk about like the chaotic, like, you know, but there are like different ways to play, right? And some of that play can be so organized, right? Mm. Can be curated, can be put together. And I think sometimes people really get some joy out of the order and the curation yeah. of things. Absolutely, that can be really playful, really mm -hmm. fun to organize and to curate. Yeah, and creative, right? Yeah. The things people collect. So Nathan, <laughs> have you collected anything growing up? Uh, you know what, of course. Everybody, everybody collects things when they're growing up. I definitely had at one point um, a collection of like uh, random crap I found on the ground. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, this was like a piece of broken glass, and this is a this is a nail I found. And I would, for some reason, collect all these things. But but the 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 more kind of uh, a thoughtful collection, we should say, I, I want to say is, is that I collected um, cards. So I collected baseball cards and I, I collected um, some basketball cards. Mm. Yeah. And this was pretty popular whenever we were younger. Yeah. I collected basketball cards, some baseball cards. So the other way so around. So the other way around. Yeah. And the uh, only reason was because you live in Chicago. Well, yeah. Yes. Bulls. Awesome. Bulls. Absolutely. But then I don't think that was the case. I think because I liked basketball and I knew enough about it yeah. Um, where I watched it regularly and I could kind of tell what it was about. Like baseball, like I was not interested <laughs> in it at all. And so if I got something aside from like Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I don't know what to do I with had, this. I had no idea I who these people is. were. Yeah, yeah I, 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 you know, uh, as I've said in other podcasts, grew up in rural Missouri and baseball was certainly a sport that uh, we all uh played and we all watched. I was a big Cardinals fan, still mm -hmm. a bit of a Cardinals fan. Um, and so I would collect a lot of different baseball cards. I would enjoy going to, to see baseball games, go to see the, the Kansas City Royals mm -hmm. or go to see the St. Louis Cardinals. Both of those were kind of equidistant, um, roughly equidistant from where I lived. Uh, but I collected a lot of cards as well. And my prize, my prize possession mm -hmm. was an Ozzie Smith rookie card. Ozzie Smith was Ozzie my Smith? favorite player. He was my favorite player. He was the shortstop for the Cardinals mm. and his, uh, in addition to being just like an, an excellent and in fact a hall of famer that he is now, uh, his, one of his tricks was he would come out onto the field and do a backflip as he came out onto the field. Ooh. He's just incredibly athletic. Spicy. Yeah, real spicy. <laughs> um, and I saved up some money when I was young, uh, probably around I don't know, 12 years old or something like that, 13 years old maybe. And I bought an Ozzie Smith rookie card uh, for $20 from my local comic book shop. Because back then that's where you did all this. So you went uh, to the comic book shop and you bought the cards. And uh, I, I bought, I also bought like, I paid another, I don't know, $4 or whatever for this massive thick piece of plastic to keep my card in forever. Uh, so, because yeah. eventually it was going to be worth a ton of money. And um, let me just tell you <laughs> that I have recently looked to see about my investment. Nice. And here's what I found. 
I'm excited. During the pandemic, people were selling their collectibles like crazy. And so the the the, the cost of these things, the, the, the value of these things like skyrocketed. And so I thought, heck yeah, man. This is finally it's finally gonna time to pay, you know, cash in on the on the rookie card. I looked at my Ozzie Smith rookie card in the last uh, uh, perfect condition Ozzie Smith rookie card that sold sold for like thirty thousand dollars. What? Yeah. I'm not, not getting <laughs> 30 grand. So I'm pretty excited. And I think, well, my card's probably not worth the exact. It's probably not in perfect condition. It's the picture is a little kind of crooked. It's a little off centered, but it, you know, it's one of the lower quality rankings. So, what, okay, you know, so what's, $15,000. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, I gotta be like 15, <laughs> right? It's gotta be close. Uh-huh. Turns out my card, the quality of card that I happen to own uh, is worth $25. So <laughs> in the 30 years that I've kept this card. And in, you're a very thick plastic sleeve. Thick plastic, it actually uh, is only also the card, what I paid for the card plus the plastic. <laughs> and that's what I've, I've made $1 back. <laughs> oh, so you made a profit. A profit. <laughs> so if you need me to invest for you, uh, send me a, a DM. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so that's my, how about you? Did you ever collect anything? I did. I collected stickers. Um, so I didn't have a vast sticker collection, I don't think. But my friend who lived down the block from me um, in Chicago, her name was Amber. And she had that's a very... A, that's a great like 80s name. Amber. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. She had a very extensive sticker collection. So we would, she would come over to my house and we would just kind of like look at each other's stickers, which (laughs) is, I don't know why I would think that was fun, but it was extremely fun. That's what you do. I mean, I see Uh my kids do the Pokemon thing and they do the same. They go and like, Hey, you want to look at my cards? Yeah. Did you look at each other's cards last time? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, and we played together all the time. So it was like, we were just looking at each other's stickers for like every other day, basically. <laughs> um, and so I think part of it was to have something new to show Amber and I think maybe yeah. vice versa. I yeah. think that's maybe part of the draw. And so one of the one of the years, I don't know when it was, she was moving. So she came over like one of the last few times we saw each other and she brought her whole sticker collection and then she left it there on accident, I think. And I didn't, oh no is right. Oh (laughs) Oh no no for her. She left her stickers. (laughs) She left her stickers. And I guess I could have had the opportunity to bring them back to her, but I'd not capitalize on that opportunity. And so I inherited on accident a whole bunch (gasps) of stickers for my sticker collection. And I think the thing that I really liked about what she had was that she had such a great way to curate it. Like she had those books and she put them, like mine were just like in boxes. Hers were like stuck on books. Yeah. And I really loved that. I was kind of jealous of that. So Amber, if you're listening. I don't have your stickers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that Haney did this to you. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm surprised you said stickers. I, I had you pegged for a Garbage Pail kid. Yes, okay. Loved <laughs> Garbage right? Pail Kids. Yes, okay. So Garbage Pail Kids, I loved um, because I felt like around the time, around this time, Cabbage Patch Kids were kind of like a big deal, like in the 80s when I was a kid. And I was like, everybody wanted one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they became subversive and someone made garbage pail kids right. and they were amazing. They were they would so have, gross. They would have these like gross names and it was just like <laughs> so fun to have them. I was kind of always grossed out by it. Those things were so gross. I think that was my deal. They just oh, were gross. Oh, I just loved it. The pictures it. were gross out. I just loved it. I mean, going back to our friend Henry Jenkins, who yeah. talks about like, 
carnivalesque part of play, yeah, right? Totally. Like where you just really enjoy the subversive nature of it, being able to do something that you're not allowed to do yeah. and just all of the grossness and being allowed to revel in it was, I think was a big draw for me. Cause I also grew up in a very conservative space. Yeah. So, but you know, I, I, we talk about kids, but adults also collect things, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes, sometimes they are collectors and they, and, and it's a, a passion or it's a hobby that they, that they kind of, we identify. And then there's also times where we don't exactly call it collecting, but maybe we're still engaged in it. Yeah. Right. Yes. Are you, do you collect anything today? Well, I think right now I'm collecting zines. Right. Uh, so every oh, time yeah. I go to a bookstore, I always notice it or I go to coffee shops. Coffee shops are ripe for zines. So yeah. I feel like it's one of those things that I've been informally started collecting. But now I realize I have like a pretty good collection of them. Nice. So now I'm just trying to figure out, it goes back to the sticker thing is I don't mind the collecting part, but I don't like to accumulate things. I'm not like a hoarder of any sort. I like usually like to throw things out, <laughs> um, but I have them right now in a babysitter's club tin. Um, so I took out the Ooh, babysitter's club. Call back club. to a previous yes, episode. exactly. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to curate this because I feel yeah. like part of the fun of collecting things is figuring out how to curate things. Yeah. You want a way to sort of I know what yeah. you have. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So this week we're talking to Morgan Boyd, who is a collector in the true spirit of collecting. Maybe you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do, where you are. My name is Morgan Vasconcelos Boyd. Um, I uh, live on the Monterey Peninsula with my wife, and we have a five-year-old daughter. Nice. I uh, I did my undergraduate work at Hunter College. Oh, there on the uh, it's down the street. Uh, Upper East Side. Yeah, I grad. I have a, a degree in theater. Oh, <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh, and you then, and Nathan uh, have a lot in common. I had. I had a degree. In, I have a degree in theater. Yeah, from excellent. Way okay. back in the All day, right. theater buddies. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then I moved back to California around 2008 and um, did my graduate work at San Jose State University in television, film, theater, and radio. Mm. And I write crime fiction. And I, I recently what? came out with I came out with a book uh, of short stories called "More Devils Than Hell Can Hold." Oh, nice! Um, and, and these days, I uh, I teach high school English. I'm a 12th grade high school English teacher in Salinas, California. Oh, nice! That, uh, John Steinbeck, right? John, I was oh, just thinking oh, of yeah. East of Eden. <laughs> Absolutely, that's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, so you're a collector, I hear. I am. Yeah. I. Uh, I. You know. Um, you know, I had a, my daughter, we had a daughter who was about 40 years old, so I started late. And uh, a couple of years ago, she started collecting toys. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it, I, this, this flood of nostalgia came back to me. <laughs> and I realized, I loved toys. I loved playing with toys when I was a kid. Yeah. And some of the toys I, I really enjoyed, I, you know, I loved Muscle Men and He-Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, G.I. Joe and uh, Star Wars. Those were probably the, <laughs> the top ones that I played with. Uh, I collected some garbage pail kids and stuff like that too. Baseball oh cards. Oh my god, we were just talking about garbage pail kids. Amazing. You're hitting. It's all- almost like you read our minds. <laughs> listening in. I know. Okay. You're hitting all the stuff because we also did. We did an episode together on, on He Man. Uh, I was a, a big He Man fan when I was a kid. We've talked about Star Wars a ton. I've done yeah. an episode on that too. 
Yeah. You, and we just talked about garbage and we pail just kids talked garbage and how amazing kids. they were. Nathan did not collect them because he was scared of them. I was a little scared of them. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. They were freaked me out a little bit when I was a kid. Sure. They were, they were wild. Um, <laughs> they were yeah. pretty wild. Um, should we start with pop or not? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we're already kind of in the groove, but one of the things we like to do to get people into the groove to just to kind of have some fun together is to play a game. Okay. And we thought specifically, since you are a master collector, that we wanted to get your expert opinion on whether things classify as a collection or not. Okay. All right. So we're going to ask, we're going to give you a, 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 a thing, a, a collection of things, and you need to decide whether or not it is, uh, you're, allowed, you're allowed to call this a collection or if it's just, you got a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> so okay. this, is, this is a game we call collection or crap. <laughs> Okay. I just made that up okay. in this moment. <laughs> nice. So collection or crap. The first thing on the list here is books on your bookshelf. Oh, collection for sure. Oh, definitely. No, no. Wow. You came, you came right out of the gate with that. <laughs> tell, tell us why that classifies I, as a collection. I, I collect books, man. I'm a book collector. You yeah. know, I love, I love my books. I like to collect um, signatures some oh, yeah. got a couple I've got a Ray Bradbury signature I'm really proud oh, of. Oh, no that's way. cool. Yeah. yeah so next on our list, uh, I'm gonna use Nathan's term collection or crap, I guess. <laughs> um, shoes. Um <laughs> I guess I guess I collect shoes too. I like my shoes. I, I, I collect them. <laughs> I mean I put them up, you know, I put them up on a rack. There's like a rack and they're all they're all organized nicely. Yeah. So I guess that would make it a collection, right? It's uh, not just a it's not just a pile. Yeah. <laughs> so shoes. Uh, are a collection that yeah. can be displayed. Absolutely. I like that they were developing some kind of um, definitions, some heuristics, yeah. right? There's, can, can I organize them? Yes. It's on a shelf or it's something. It's on a shelf. <laughs> it's That's not great. piled in the corner. Yeah. And I'm realizing I'm a big fan of my title of this game, Collection or Crap, but I realize that crap suggests something negative. If it's not a collection, it's negative. Like you can you can have crap and still be wonderful crap, right? It's okay. It's, okay. Okay. it's just to, you know, just to clarify Pos- that. Positive crap. Positive crap. Positive crap. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, here's another one. How about kitchen utensils? Okay, yeah, that'd probably be some positive crap right there. That's, that's, that's just piled, piled, in, piled in some drawers, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is actually for my dad. Tools in the garage. Um, I guess for me, that's just a pile. That's positive crap. <laughs> pile of it's, positive it's crap. Not, it's just not very organized. I, I, I keep meaning to, you know. Mm. Yeah. Can I diverge a little bit? Please. Um, so what do you think constitutes a collection? So it has to be beyond organizing. Like Morgan, what, what's the frame that you're using to think about whether something's a collection or not? That's a good. That's a good question. Maybe, perhaps, one element might be that uh, there's a, a desire for it. Like p- people, people, you know, seek it out. Perhaps mm. it's like a bunch of different people want this one specific thing, and it's and it's yeah. and so you, uh, it you know you 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 cherish it, you prize it. You know, it's like I I got it. I got this. <laughs> yeah. um, I got this figurine that everybody wants for my collection. Perhaps that might be uh, an element. I like that. Collection. Uh, that was desirability. Yeah, that was way better said than filling gaps. Like I said, yeah, mm-hmm. it's something about um, like, there's a there's a, a, a community of people. I think also maybe community is part of the word that we're missing here too, right? Mm. There's a community of people uh, that kind of ascribe value to this thing, mm. and yes. you're part of that community. You're um, you used the word uh, earlier uh, that you're uh, curating. 
Mm-hmm. You're not just organizing, you're also kind of curating your collection so that you can display the value to other people in different ways. Mm-hmm. I like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I feel like I feel like uh, we're in it. I feel like, you know, I, I want to know more about your collection. So you mentioned, you know, you mentioned uh, that you started recollecting, I think, toys. Mm. And one yes. of the things that you mentioned was that you collect muscle men. Yes, so Indeed. I I sort of remember these, but can you say a little bit more about what muscle men are and, and how you got into collecting these? Definitely. So muscle men were these little tiny, I don't know, I guess like inch and a half, two inch little little um like they said that they were they were, they were pink, but they they were <laughs> they called them flesh colored like um, <laughs> toys, right? It's interesting, these little pink toys they sold to boys, you know, back in the eighties. And it's a acronym for Millions of unusual small creatures lurking <laughs> everywhere. I did right? not know I did that. Not know it was an acronym. What? That's I did not know. It was, I, my mind is blown right now. Okay. And uh, the funny thing is that there weren't millions of them, right? <laughs> um, there were 236 of them. That's at, a lot. Uh, they, right. And so there are ter- 236 uh, really kind of common ones. But one of them, the, the 236th one is not that common. It is, but collectors get it and they won't they won't let go of it. So it's it more expensive to get the the final one. And then there are several like what they consider ultra rare ones mm. that um um collectors will pay like thousands of dollars oh, for. Wow. You know, it's it's pretty wild. Um but there's yeah, there's this whole like you said, there's this whole community of people. You're trying to your goal is to try and collect all two hundred and thirty six of them. And then there's just a lot of people and I really enjoy this aspect of it. That, that bootleg them or, or you know, use 3D printers to kind of manipulate them mm, or change them or, cool. or head swap. And uh, it's fun to collect those. I really like the, just the weird random things that people are making nowadays that are muscle related. How did you, how did you get into them? Like, how do you remember? So, yeah, again, I, you know, I think came out around 84, 85 and I was probably 10 or 11 years old. And, um, you know, I liked He-Man, I liked Star Wars. I liked, I liked, um, G.I. Joe. And those are all like this. Uh, those are like the opposable, you know, figurines. Mm, but muscle yeah. men, right? They don't, they don't move at all. But, and they're, they're small and they were a lot cheaper, right? You could, I could, I saved up some money and they came in either like three packs, 12 packs or 24 packs. And I saved up to get a 24 pack. And then I had 24 toys to play with as a, as a mm. child, you know, as opposed to, I had like one or two He-Man if I was lucky, you know, one or two. But then you're able to just, get a whole bunch of these little toys. Yeah. And so I think that's why I really liked them is because I had like a little army of them. I could, yeah. You could trade them. You and your friends could trade and stuff like that. Yeah. That's that's great. I, so you you mentioned that your friends, did you did your friends collect them as well or, or play with them? Yeah, I remember friends having them and uh, we, we probably did a couple trades here and there and whatnot. Um, but another uh, a friend for my birthday, he showed up with a muscle from when he was a kid and he gave it to me. And it's my most cherished muscle because it has a connection to a friend's yeah. childhood. Yeah. Know, it's, it's not just these ones I bought on eBay or traded with some other collector. It's it's like this one is very, it's very precious to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's really meaningful. I mean, giving yeah. something, giving someone something that you've collected when you were a kid, that means, that means something. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So I'm thinking, 
I definitely resonate with the, I want to have 24 rather than two, <laughs> because I think as a kid, like that's what quantity is always important. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking yeah. about around the same time, I'm also thinking about like, what is it about the muscle men that was more appealing than let's say like, you know how they would have those green army men in packs yeah, of yeah. like a million um, to- Bag of army men. Yeah. Like yeah. what, what do you feel like drew you to the muscle men versus that? That's a, that's a good question. Um, like I probably didn't realize it at the time, but mm. there's there's more detail. The figurines are a lot more interesting looking. They were the they sort of, I guess the stories they were these sort of cosmic wrestlers that there was mm. good and evil and they they wrestled each other. I think there was originally a comic or was it a manga, and then uh, I think it became a a popular cartoon. But it was I guess it was considered too violent, so they didn't. For the United States children's for some reason for the, the cartoons here. So it never really the, the children who are watching G.I. Joe. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> muscle men are too violent. <laughs> right. These wrestlers. Cobra. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I didn't realize there was a whole I didn't realize there was a whole like um space uh aspect to muscle men that these were like aliens. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, you know, there's just this, like, Facebook. One good thing about Facebook is you can find all these communities of people that have a similar interest. And, um, yeah, there's a there's a few musclemen uh, collecting groups, and they like to, like, show off their collections. Or um, one guy does this thing, like, every Tuesday, he he does a bio on one of the musclemen. He does all a bunch <laughs> of research, and then you can go read about, oh, yeah, I remember that guy, like, but I didn't know his history, you know, so you can... You can go um, read about these different muscle men or things like that. It's pretty, it's pretty fa fascinating for me, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. Tell us a little bit about the extensiveness of your collection. Like, if I were to well, I, go and look at your collection right now, what would it look like? So I, um, you know, my goal was to get to two thirty six. Mm -hmm. And as a child, I did. I never even thought about collecting all of them. I didn't. I had no idea. And uh, so eventually, I. Um, I got them all. And the, the real famous one, it's the number 236. It's called Satan Cross for some reason. Oh, wow. And I I found it in um, a really big lot of muscles. And I think a lot of collectors missed it. Uh, it was just kind of sitting in there. And I was like, that looks like the one. I And I kept comparing it. Like, I'm pretty sure people weren't bidding on it. And so I I, I bid on it and I won the bid. And then when it came, it was like, there it is. I, I, I got Satan Cross, you know, it was the hard, the hardest one to get outside of the super rares. Mm. And uh, so that was the one I thought was going to give me the most trouble, but I was able to get it relatively easily. And uh, and then I, I, once I got those, I just started collecting bootlegs, people like doing head swaps or, you know, making different, different versions of them. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Have you gotten into making them too? I have. I started buying, you know, uh, epoxy resins yeah. and um, different things to make molds. And uh, I started making them. And then you make a couple, but they don't turn out right. So you do some more research and you're like, oh, well, I need a pressure pot. You know? So you go <laughs> you go make a pressure pot and then you're like, oh, but the mold isn't working now. So then you, you go get um, like these like special chambers that suck out all the oxygen. And, and then pretty you need the little tools to manipulate things or like... Yep. Um, and so next yeah, thing you know, you have a collection. Collection. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so yeah, I've been trying to do um, a couple of things. I'm doing some head swaps. I, I make copies of them and then I then I hack them to pieces. I'm always trying to make some kind of new muscle figurine or something. Right. I don't I don't hack original muscles to pieces because you know there's only 
a certain amount of yeah. them out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. You you mentioned earlier that you're um, part of the reason you started getting into this this, this collecting and other collecting was because you had a child and you started, you know, seeing their toys and thinking about your, your childhood. I'm wondering, uh, do they collect anything? Do they, is there anything that they're collecting or thinking about collecting? Do they like she's muscle men? Years, <laughs> she's five years old and she, she is really into these dolls called LOL. Do yeah. You guys, have you heard of these? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 I think I've seen these, yeah. She has so many LOLs at this they point. They are kind you know, of but... like muscle men for little kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. She loves the LOLs. I'm just trying to get her to keep them, you know, organized on a shelf or something because there's little little pieces everywhere you step on yeah. them and stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah. That's that's definitely her thing. And she's been getting into Legos. Yeah. Tell me, how do you organize your muscle men? I mean, I'm assuming that you have a lot. Um, and so where do you keep them? What do you do with them? Is they? I'm assuming they don't go in a pile by the definition gave us at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good question. So the, the doubles and stuff, I do keep in these glass jars on a counter so I can just kind of see like, you know, them in, the, in uh, these um, these glass jars. But um, my um, my father-in-law, he made me this big um, shelf with little rows on it, right? And then I I, I put them all in order of like, because one, one through 236, maybe much to my wife's chagrin, but... Um, <laughs> I have all the muscles, yeah, on full display in our bedroom. <laughs> oh wow, in the bedroom. So, yeah, <laughs> it's just like what your bedroom looked like in uh, fourth grade. Yeah. Man, yeah, the dream bedroom. Of fourth grade. Yeah. yeah. So as you know, Morgan, like um, our podcast is about the um, just the joy and creativity and imagine the imagination that comes with play, and play can be so many different things. And we were talking about um, how um, you know there's play that can be chaotic and indecipherable, which I'm sure you've seen with your five-year-old, but then play <laughs> that can also be orderly and put to, you know, curated and have more of a structure to it, which you probably have also seen with your five-year-old, you know? And so, <laughs> um, so I'm wondering how does collecting muscle men bring you joy? Yeah, again, it's uh, it's that nostalgia for one. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it reminds me of my childhood. It, it brought back childhood memories that I'd completely forgotten about. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like pretending to be sick at home so I could lay in bed and play with my muscle men all day <laughs> or something like that, you know. Uh, and then again, there's something very cathartic about setting a bunch of them up into like, not necessarily an army or something, but like, and they, you know, they all stand on two legs. So it's just fun to just look at them as like, a, I don't know, like a, a crowd or something that's <laughs> different. You need characters. Mm -hmm. And then also my daughter can grab them and smash them together. And, you know, they, they can, it can be chaotic too. And, and she enjoys that. It's fun. Yeah. They can fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They just, I don't know why they, they just, they do, they do fill me with joy. Yeah. Um, that's great. You teach high school, right? Yeah. Do your, do your, do your students collect uh, anything or that you're aware of? You know, uh, today I went around and asked some students. One kid's like, I collect records. And then this one student, he said, I collect these uh, special kind of uh, Hot Wheels, the, the monster truck ones. Uh -huh. And he wants to be a, he wants to go off to college to, to learn how to work on and drive monster uh, trucks. Cool. He's, he's getting ready to go to Iowa. He sent me this huge email like detailing how he only collects from this year to this year because <laughs> they, they change logos and it's not, he's like, I'm a true collector and I, 
I don't like what they did after this year. <laughs> he was like really into it, you know, and, and ended with a quote and everything. I was, I was really impressed. <laughs> and, you're, and you're just sitting there, one of us, one of us. Yes, right. <laughs> this is awesome. Wow, that's really cool. There is something, so that was a nice... there is something kind of, um, I don't know, obset, there's an obsession that, that you know, that, of what you've described with your own kind of search and the other people in these communities, their searches, there's an obsession quality as well. I mean, I know we're kind of going backwards to the beginning, right? What is, what is collecting? There's organization, there's a community, there's some sort of obsession to like obsession, find the right yes, ones. That is definitely right. Obsession is in there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all consuming. I mean, I, it's it's just like a cathartic thing. I like what you said about that. I think sometimes we kind of downplay how important that is to have in our yeah. lives, you know, just to have downtime, to be enjoying something just for what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah, that simple pure joy, you yeah. know, it's just there and, and, it, and it is, it's cathartic, it's relaxing. It, it takes your mind off of the stress of the day, you yeah. know, and it just feels good. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Do you want to talk about what's popping? Oh yeah. So before before you leave, one of the things that we always like to do with our guests is find out what you're into besides the topic of the day. So maybe there's um, different shows you're watching or games you're playing or books you're reading. Um, and we'd like to just ask you, you know, what's popping? Okay. Yeah. What's popping? I recently got into uh, solo board games. Oh. Right, that's fun. You play game. It's a, it's a board game you play by yourself. Those are challenging and fun. Yeah. I've been recently just getting really into those. There's a lot of Kickstarters out there trying to get those up and running. So that's fun. Oh. Um, Give us some examples been, of solo yeah, yeah. board games. I want to know. Okay. This one I've been playing is called Friday. Uh -huh. And um, you're this you're this guy named Friday and you're on your own little private island. And then all of a sudden Robinson Crusoe shows up. Whoa. Right. And he's he needs help. He He's not very smart. Right. He, he can't survive. And so... You have to help Robinson Crusoe survive on this island, but you don't really want him there, right? So you want to help him uh, get off the island so that you can get back to, you know, enjoying this peaceful island by yourself. I haven't beat it yet, but I got close a few times, but it's really fun. And then I am writing a book right now. I wake up every morning about four and write for about two hours. Ooh. before. Um, we need to develop that habit. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's a crime fiction novel that uh, is set in a collecting community. <laughs> so cool. based, off of these, based off of these little figurines called flankers. Uh, and um, this guy, he gets obsessed with, with trying to collect them because of this nostalgia. And it, it kind of starts to ruin his life because he gets so obsessed with them. And uh, eventually there is a murder within the community that he gets drawn into. So uh, I've been working on that novella for a little while too. So That but, is yeah. very cool. That sounds great. Yeah. Here I was hoping that one of the one of the uh, flankers came to life and murdered somebody. Maybe maybe I just gave away the <laughs> I hope I didn't give away the ending there. There there are definitely uh, some dream sequences, you know, <laughs> okay. where things yeah. like that happen for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so neat that you're an English teacher who also writes, which is I it's very exciting for That's the cool. kids, right? Yeah. To learn. That's fun, yeah. Well, thank you. Morgan, very much for talking with us about your your collection and, and helping us sort of think through and talk about what it means to play when, when play is organizing and, and curating and collecting. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Haney, Nathan, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. That was fun. Yeah. Always good times. So, wow, wow. Wow. No. <laughs> 
collections, man. That, that was great. That was fun to talk to Morgan about uh, his experience with muscle men, with kind of collecting when he was a kid. I, I particularly loved the idea of getting kind of super into this collection, but having that happen because he saw his his daughter playing yeah. with toys. Be like, oh yeah, I remember doing that. Yeah. I'll do that again. Yeah. I think sometimes as he was talking, I was thinking about collections as like a memory. You yeah. know, like there's all this... Okay, not to get all academic and dorky. Let's okay. get it. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's be who we are. But there is this thing about like how um, the line between adulthood and childhood yeah. can kind of get kind of blurry when we think about time as not time. <laughs> <laughs> but that we're like all, you know, like it, all of us have experienced it, right? We sometimes live in our adult selves and then our child self yeah. is always in there like doing, you know, living out some kind of period in time where we're still adults, but we're also the child within. Kind I mean, of uh, I mean, I feel like you and I have made careers out of that dance, right? <laughs> I mean, are we really grownups? <laughs> Speak for yourself. I mean, I'm sorry. I guess I'm the kid here. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was a nice reminder that yeah. collections... You know, collections are a form of play. Collections beyond muscle men are a form of play. Yeah. We all kind of have it, whether it's short-lived or have the same kind of longevity as Morgan's. Yeah, something you you come back to, something you did, something you're doing, you something new you want to start, you know? Yeah. It's always a chance. Yeah. yeah, brings you back. Brings you back. What fun. Indeed. This season of Pop and Play was produced by Haney Yoon, Nathan Holbert, Lalitha Vasudevan, Billy Collins, and Joe Rena Ferry at Teachers College, Columbia University with the Digital Futures Institute. This episode was also produced by Lucius Fangio. Audio editing and production by Billy Collins. For transcripts and to learn more about our guests, visit tc.edu slash pop and play. Our music is selections from Leaf Eaters by Poddington Bear. Pop and Play, of course, would not be possible without the fabulous team that helps put this together. Thanks to Oluwashon Animashon for running the Pop and Play social media accounts, where you should follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under Pop and Play Pod. You can also follow us on Twitch under Pop and Play. Special thanks to Drew Reynolds, Jen Lee, Blake Danzig, Brianne Minato, Moira McCavanaugh, and Lucius Vonjo who all helped with our outreach and our website support. Shout out to Ioana Literat for the Trashies. Watch on Instagram and TikTok. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.